So I imagine many of you feel at times like I do during this period of the year, a little bit harried, perhaps bedeviled by the countless little things that must be done before Christmas is upon us. Last minute planning, preparing for a new year that's only weeks away, even though it feels like months away, thinking about gifts, an exploding social calendar perhaps, lots to do, lots on your plate. We get in a real soup when we add in all the extra stresses that this past year has wrought with its uncertainties and its dizzying, bewildering twists and turns, its pressures. Some of us are still wondering just way, which way is up. And even if we figured that out, precisely how we're going to get there is still a mystery. Whether it's a job, a new home, or simply trying to figure out how to pay the next bill. Yesterday, for me, was a typical Advent Saturday, with not one but two separate trips into San Francisco. And then arriving home to discover our six-year-old producing the decorations, and demanding that we start thinking about a tree. Even getting him a haircut proved impossible between the various appointments and family and work-related tasks when we saw the line at the barber's. And then came his pronouncement that he can't wait for the real Santa Claus to come. The Christmas just can't get here fast enough. Lots of pressure I decided on the North Pole this time of year, global warming notwithstanding. And I resisted saying to him that I'd prefer that Christmas come a little bit slower, thank you very much, and dove back into barreling through the day. I indeed found myself where we all are at times in early December, trying to find the threads of Advent again the threads of a holy season of reflection and preparation, rather than a weeks-long hair-raising task list augmented by the darkness of winter and storms in the forecast. We're often looking for the threads that will get us safely to the manger, maybe a bit tired perhaps, but not all the worse for wear. So it bears repeating, this season can give some of us a case of the Christmas blues. The memories, the pressures, the darkness, the hype can all be a recipe for feeling swamped. And I notice myself, as well as many of us, behaving a bit on the odd side, too. Cracks and fissures are starting to appear in our best behavior. The nerves are getting a bit raw. And even the most placid of personalities often barely conceals hard peddling going on inside. You know what I mean? We mixed up the metaphors in staff meeting this week with a bit of a chuckle. We reflected that there's a light of Christ at the end of this tunnel of Advent. And it's the light of the Christmas train. And I had a brief postmodern moment of imagining the Christ child at the controls of that locomotive, completing his swaddling clothes with an engineer's cap on his head. 
So how do we find the threads of Advent again when the stressors do what they always do in early December? When they threaten to derail us or at least help us lose track of that thin cord that we trust will see us through to the great feast of the Nativity. As if in reply to that question, today we get not one, but two gospel readings. You might have noticed that instead of a psalm, we read the ancient Christian canticle, the Benedictus, which is the song of Zechariah from the gospel according to Luke. Now Zechariah, if you recall, is John the Baptist's father. And in addition to standing as Luke's archetype of a faithful first century Jewish priest, he is, simply as a character in Luke's lush narrative, a reflection of us in our bewilderment about the impending coming of the Messiah. He is an Advent character. Uncertain at first about where the threads are, and even when they are revealed again, not convinced that they are going to lead him down a track, he even remotely understands. Zechariah's story begins with a visit from the angel Gabriel in the temple. His is the other visitation, the one that often gets lost in the shuffle as we focus so much on Gabriel's visitation to Mary this time of year. Gabriel tells Zechariah, now an old man, in an echo tracing all the way back to the Abraham cycle of ancient tradition, that his wife, Elizabeth is to bear a son who will pave the way for the Messiah. Now Zechariah, just like Abraham, is so incredulous, even as a faithful priest of the esteemed order of Abijah, that the angel strikes him mute as a sign of God's promise. Elizabeth, of course, conceives, and on top of Zechariah's inability to speak, that just gets all the neighbors' tongues wagging by contrast. And when at last the child is born, Zechariah must write his insistence on the name Gabriel told him to use for his son, John, which is quite odd because that isn't a family name. And it's yet another unpredictable twist in the unfolding story. It departs from all expectations. God is up to something. Precisely what? Wait and see. The Benedictus we read this morning comes at the end of Zechariah's tale when his voice is suddenly returned to him and moved by the spirit he articulates the great plan of God in his family's life. The unfolding of history around his child who will be a great prophet his and Elizabeth's place in the great story of salvation. It's odd and in some ways a bit sad that Zechariah never appears again in Luke's narrative. But as a character, he fulfills his purpose with this poem. And he reminds us that the journey of faith is not so much about our finding the thread, 
Zechariah, for all his fidelity to his faith tradition, was literally dumbfounded by the plans revealed by an angel. In that sense, he lost the thread which he thought he held firmly as a good priest. Rather, his story is an Advent story because it reminds us that we are found by the thread of faith. And we are woven together by that thread, woven into the tapestry of salvation, as Zechariah and Elizabeth and John were, never minding their doubts or fears, or the numerous tasks or the bewildering twists and turns. Likewise, the long lists and hectic schedules of this time of year are not as important as we think they might be. The thread of Advent is finding us. Perhaps the only task that we must attend to is to allow that to happen, to surrender to the process of Advent, weaving its transformation in our lives to stop worrying so much about our preparations and to allow Advent to prepare us for Christmas. For me, yesterday, this was the act of sitting in silent prayer in the midst of the ordinations at Grace Cathedral, or attending the Lessons and Carol Services, San Francisco Theological Center, or just getting a bit goofy with my son with the ornaments for precious Advent preparation is a process of grace, after all. Perhaps we only have to stop searching for its thread long enough for us to be taken up by it into God's great loom, to be woven anew, the crooked made straight, the rough places plain. Christmas is not a train coming down the tunnel but indeed a new dawn. One that we might not only see, but in which we might be made anew, be recast by the impending salvation of our God. And recast not only for a new year, but for a new life, birthed from the very heart. Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.